the AIBA Women's Boxing World Championships in Astana, Kazakhstan. Hello, I'm Ed Hula, Around the Rings editor, with the latest edition of ATR Radio. For the past week, women boxers from around the world, the best in the world, have been competing in Astana, the capital of Kazakhstan, in the latest edition of the AIBA Women's World Championships of, of Boxing. A number of athletes there have qualified for the Rio de Janeiro Olympics as a result of their competition, which ends today in Astana. Joining us on the line right now is Around the Ring staffer Ed Hula III, who's been in Astana for the final days of the competition. Thanks for joining us. What's it been like there in Astana? It's been great. The competition's been good. Uh, there's been uh, a noticeable a noteworthy upset that I guess we'll talk about in a little bit. But the fights have been good. The weather has been good. The people have been nice. And it's a fantastic arena, so everything has been uh, good from a competition standpoint. The upset that you mentioned is Katie Taylor losing her first bout at a world championship since 2005. I think I was at those 2005 world championships, and I'm not sure that (laughs) she lost a bout there either, so... Since she's been competing in the World Championships in 2005, she finally lost in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah, she couldn't she couldn't have lost about uh, at those World Championships. Uh, and I guess all good things must come to an end, or uh, or or pick your pick your uh, your your idiom for how you want to describe it. But she lost, uh, and it was it was a good fight. Um, the there is a large contingent of British and Irish journalists here. They uh, described it as a tight decision, and it was all that they could talk about at dinner and afterward. So that's um, that's something that's certainly noteworthy. Uh, she was not willing to talk about it, however. She gave a uh, a semi-terse interview. I saw part of it with the RTE, which is Ireland's broadcaster. Uh, so she obviously is is a little upset, um, and but she's still qualified for Rio. So I think. Whoever has to face her uh, faces her while she has a rather large chip on her shoulder. Uh, so as they would say in Russian, udachi, or good luck to everybody who has to face her. What's the uh, atmosphere been like at the uh, at the arena where the boxing is being held? When there's Kazakh fighters, the atmosphere has been good. Uh, it's a fairly large arena. This is home. To, uh, the Barris Arena is home to the KHL squad based in Astana. And it's uh, it's it's not near capacity, but there is a uh, about twelve thousand seats or so. You say? Yeah, it seats twelve thousand people, um, and there's uh, the crowd being almost all Kazakh, uh, other than uh, teammates and and family of people competing, is is really only interested in Kazakh fighters. And uh, the exception is when uh, fellow Russian speakers uh, step in the ring. And uh, once it's a Kazakh fighter, they they do go crazy, so that's been good to watch. But otherwise, it's been, frankly, a little silent when it's been non-Kazakh fighters. Yeah, well, well with 12,000 seats, is it near capacity or just uh, a fraction of capacity? It's a fraction of capacity, which uh, I think is just uh, – it should, it should be uh, – um, more full for the evening session. Uh, the crowds certainly picked up throughout the week. And uh, I think I think 
tonight we'll we'll see a a, a much different story as some of the uh, big names uh, roll roll into the finals. Next week, Aiba has an important general assembly in Lausanne, Switzerland, where uh, the decision will be made on whether to allow professional boxers to compete in the Rio de Janeiro Olympics. You talked with C.K. Wu, president of Aiba, about that. What's, uh, what is he expecting next week in Lausanne? Yeah, I think he expects it to pass. He obviously would not comment too specifically, as you might imagine. But uh, as he put it, all the national federations have been informed, and quote, this is good for everybody. Uh, so I think he is, he is confident of this measure, and he was very quick to point out that this would only guarantee 63 spots for professionals out of some 200 uh, spots. Uh, and as he put it, uh, Aiba Olympic boxing would remain, quote, the backbone of the sport. There are uh, not just professionals that we know of, like uh, Gennady Golovkin or, or Manny Pacquiao, but there's also the World Series of Boxing and Aiba Professional Boxing. Uh, so that's it, it would it would only be a few professionals. And as as President Wu pointed out, the Aiba style of boxing is much different from professional boxing. Mike Tyson says he's worried that the uh, professionals will get beat up by the uh, young amateurs. Right, and and there's something to be said for that. In professional boxing, you train for 12 rounds. In amateur boxing, you train you train for four. So obviously, when you have a third of the bout possible, you've got to be a more efficient fighter. You can't look for power punches. You can't just try to wear your opponent down and uh, have a, have a rope-a-dope style that Muhammad Ali liked to employ. So it's a very different style. They're much faster than professional boxers. So you never know. And the IBA boxers get to box more frequently than say, the, the top-ranked professionals who may fight one, once or twice a year, maybe. Right. When you get to an elite level and even a semi-elite level in boxing, you pick and choose your fights. And more importantly, most of the time, you're just picking on, on journeymen or lightweights who you, can, who you can beat to beef up your record. So it's not even necessarily that you're getting good fights in or quality fights. And you, it was two years in between uh, Floyd Mayweather when he fought Manny Pacquiao last year. So, and he doesn't have anyone big this year either. So, so it, it, there, is, there is something to be said for amateurs having a little bit of an upper, of an upper hand against the professionals in this style of boxing. This is a, an interesting city. And uh, the the Barris Arena is part of a huge sport complex here, just outside of downtown Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is one of the uh, one of the many developing countries that is spending a lot on sport development, and it shows. There's uh, five or six arenas that I'm looking at right now. Interestingly enough, I'm pretty sure the architect for Sochi's Olympic Stadium was the same for this one because. I see an almost exact replica of Bolshoi Ice Dome and the long track speed skating arena. Uh, down to the details that they look virtually the same. In fact, if you had told me they had plopped them from Sochi Olympic Park to here, I'd say you're probably right. Maybe they still have Olympic aspirations there in Kazakhstan. Uh, from, from what I've been told, yes, they do. Um, and Despite it being only a two-city race last time, it was it was a very close decision. Uh, Astana could not host the Winter Olympics because it's minus 30 degrees Celsius in the winter. That's too cold for anybody. Uh, but uh, Almaty, which did bid for 2022, certainly uh, could bid again. 
And uh, frankly, there's only a limited number of countries that can host uh, a Winter Olympics due to geography, weather, and everything else. So in some respects, it's kind of got to come here at some point. All right, Ed Hula III in Astana, Kazakhstan. I'm Ed Hula, editor of Around the Rings. Thanks for joining us on this latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. Good day.